What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. Today is Thursday, the worst day of the week, of course. And today we have some exciting PlayStation news. This is a PlayStation-filled episode today. I hope everybody's having a great week. I hope everybody's working on the New Year's resolutions. I hope everybody is living and, you know, just doing well. Just doing the best they can. I know it's a tough time. I know Omicron... Omegatron is fucking out there raining hell on everything. So be careful. Just be safe wherever you go. Uh, that's my only PSA I need to get out of the way. Um, let's get right into the episode. We have a bunch of PlayStation news. This is a PlayStation episode here. Uh, and yeah, that's really about it. We'll get into it. We got some PSVR news. We got some uh, PS Plus games for January. We got a, We got some other things that we want to talk about. So uh, let's get right into it with the start of the show. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's well. That's good. What have I been playing? I've been playing... Uh, what have I been playing? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I know. I know. The game came out last year. I know that. Oh, yeah. I know. It's you know it's a single-player game. I know that, too. And, uh, yeah, I know it's only 16 chapters. I know that. But I, you, know, you also know that I am like... I feel like I'm 40 hours into this bitch. But, really, I think I might be like... 20-ish. I might be on the brink of beating it. I'm not 100% sure, but you know, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, it's giving me something to do in this time where there's not a lot to do. And uh, if I ain't reading manga or comics or doing, you know, random assortments of things, I think that Guardians is a nice welcome, uh, you know, hug back into the gaming scene, kind of keeping me on track with my gaming accomplishments, if you will. Um, you know what? I love it. I do love it. But it is it is long. <laughs> it's like a little too long that I wanted it. And and that's a that's an upsetting thing. I and that's you know first world world problems, but I also think like the game doesn't need to be that long. It can be kind of parsed out a little bit tighter. Uh I think they kind of delve into walking around too much. Uh, which is awesome on one hand because you're like, okay, the level is beautiful and designed very well. And then if you look at, you know, another aspect of it with your, the other hand being, all right, I've been walking around enough. <laughs> when are we going to get into fighty fighty stuff? Okay. We get rid of fighty fighty stuff. Okay. Now we're back into story stuff and then we're back into fighty fighty stuff. And then we're back into walking down little corridors. I love this story, but I feel like it, it's just parsed out, uh, in, in the least efficient way possible well that might be over exaggerating but still i think it's i think it's need some work but hey no one ever said the game was perfect i do think the game is great and i think everybody should play it but there is that drawback you might get a little dry in the middle uh which is which sucks but uh, i think the writing is what will keep you there you stay for the you come for the 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 guardians and you stay for the writing and you might leave for the nuance navigation um then I have also been playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, you know, the other night we got, what was it? We got like a bunch of fucking, you know, we got a bunch of loot. Got like sixty k in a run. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are looting these buildings and or these uh, islands. And also, uh, we ran into multiple players. And if you see our ship out there, just wave and say hi, uh, because it's the easiest way to get to a cannon to the face. We are taking down teams. One by one. Our first thing we did on there when I was on there with Groob, we go to an island, 
right when we pull up, there's a random player there. Uh, and he's being friendly. He's on this little sloop of like one or two players. He's just by himself. And he walks up to us and is just like not really doing anything. He's like drinking grog or something. Uh, so I started headshotting him. I headshot him once. He looks at me. I headshot him again. He looks at me. He's just staring at me. I give him another one. And then I get in his ship and raise his anchor. And then that bitch starts taking off because the sails were down. Uh, you know, we're menaces. We're pirates on that game. It, it is what it is. It is what it is on that game. It, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, one thing I was thinking about was the... And this is Xbox related, so there's that. Um, there's First of all, let's start off with Game Pass. There's not a lot right now that I want to play on there. I know that there are a ton of games and... Uh, I appreciate their selection. I think it's definitely a great value if you haven't played those games. But I think the majority of the games on there, uh, it might just be me, I don't know. But I feel like I've played majority of them or they are just not really interesting to me. Uh, Like obviously I play the AAA games and some of the third-party games I have played. um, And they're just now making it there like a year or more after their release. Um, Which is unfortunate for me. Or poor old me, but uh, obviously, like I said, the value is there if you wanted to get into it. Like, it's still a good value if you're a new player and you haven't touched some of these things. But as a player who has, I don't, I'm not seeing much value there for me at the moment. Uh, see if these is occupying my time a little bit, but I do have other things to play, like Guardians and Life is Strange and stuff, and uh, Death Loop. But you know, Forza. Forza is great. I love going back to that no matter what. It's like skate where it's just cathartic to drive around, drift around, edit your cars, do drag stuff, and it's just fun. Um, and you'll easily go back to it for like random random assortment of things, and hopefully they, they add some expansions this year. That'd be nice. Um, but Halo as well is another one that's like, it's great, but I kind of want more. I want like, you know, it's been two months, and I feel like, the multiplayer, while it is good, obviously, I love playing. I just played more today, and I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Um, but I am maxed out on the on the battle pass, and maybe that's why they parsed it out so slowly. Because uh, once you get it, you're like, what the hell do I do now? And I got it all, got my maxed out battle pass, and I'm like, all right, what now? There's a Tenrai event going on right now to unlock some samurai armor, but I'm not really that interested in that, uh, even though I have the the costume, but I feel like everybody's wearing it, so I'm like... Okay, you know, it's not really that special uh, of an event. And then, obviously, it's the only thing to do. So there's going to be a lot of people knocking it out and wearing the same armor. So I I don't see the value there. And then the weeklies are like a visor color that's slightly different, and you won't be able to tell when you're walking around. So there are drawbacks to Halo. It's not perfect, but I I just feel like the content is not there right now. Like, we once we're once we played these maps a bunch and then once we've beaten the campaign and gotten what we wanted out of it there's not a lot to keep you on there outside of just the generic fun that is the gameplay um but if there are other newer experiences out there for like for me guardians and life is strange and shit uh i don't see myself on there that much um and it is unfortunate i think if they had forge on launch this game would be like skyrocketing right now and hopefully they don't lose a, like a big chunk of their player base before Forge comes out. I feel like Forge will bring some people back, but overall it might be a little too late in the sense of the hype, the zeitgeist behind the game, you know? Um, but we'll see about that. You know, it's just my opinion. 
But uh, other than that, on Xbox, I don't know. Xbox and PlayStation. I mean, they both have, have games to play, but I'm just not really like... I don't know. I'm in this weird middle zone where like not a lot's interesting. Interest, interest. Hmm. It's not catching my interest. Um, when it comes to like you know something I want to play when I come home. Uh, so I, I've been debating on like what to dive into, and I think Guardians is a nice alternative. Uh, I think I might just make the leap tomorrow. Uh, and just jump right into Life is Strange. I'm not sure yet, though. And I still have Deathloop. And I've been actually really enjoying Avengers. So there's a, there's many things I can get into. But I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, they're all mid right now in my book. And I'm just like, I don't know which mid thing I should do to spend my time when I come home. But uh, obviously to each his own. And it is what it is. Um, and then I haven't watched or read anything today. Or, wait, did I read? Uh, read a little bit of Overlord and that's it, I think. No, I read some, I read some Berserk, some Berserk. Uh, I need to get a tattoo of Berserk, I do. I need to get me a little fucking, you know, brand or, you know, something. Maybe a comic panel, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's dive right into all this PlayStation news. I feel like, you know, there's a lot to cover. <clears throat> and, uh, it's interesting to kind of see these new stories come out. And some of these are like from December 29th, like the PlayStation plus games for January. I just don't think I've covered it on the the podcast and they are out now. So I kind of figured I would talk about them. Uh, one being persona five strikers, which I'm not hundred percent familiar with. I know it is the PS4 version of the game. And basically for the uninformed, here is a little snippet from the PlayStation blog. Jump into the stylish world of Persona in an all-new story featuring the Phantom Thieves as they embark on the epic road trip across Japan. A summer vacation with close friends takes a sudden turn as a distorted reality emerges, thrusting you in an epic tale as you strike back against the corruption overtaking cities. Dynamically control your team during explosive action combat as you reveal the truth and redeem the hearts of those imprisoned at the center of the crisis. Boom, 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 boom. So I believe, oh my god, hold on. They're making me log in on this fucking thing. Uh, you know, New Year, Redline, X-Button, X oh, X-Button Podcast, you know what I'm saying? So this is like, I think it's a, let's see, that's like a, okay, yeah, it's like a Miso game, is that what they call it? Miso game? Like uh, Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors, basically. And it's uh, Persona 5, so... If you like Persona 5, here's more of it. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of good music out of it. And the gameplay is not what you know from Persona 5, but something a little familiar if you are familiar with the Miso games. So that's interesting. Then you have Dirt 5, which is a rally simulator. Uh, let's go ahead and read this little tidbit from the Planet Iron Ball Conquer. Stunning global routes and drive an iconic roster of cars and an amplified off-road racing experience. Let loose in the boldest off-road racing experience ever. With a star-studded career, four-player split, four split-screen, online multiplayer playgrounds, creator mode, and more. Blaze a trail on global tracks covering gravel, ice, snow, and sand. With cars ranging from rally icons to trucks to GT heroes, period. Race on over race on over 70 routes across 10 global locations. From New York's frozen East River to the glimmer of Norway's Northern Lights. So basically, it's a beautiful uh, racing. I, I'm not really familiar with like the whole concept of rally 
um, where you have to like, you have somebody in the passenger seat, backseat gaming you the whole time going, all right, three clicks, three, three clicks, right? Steep hill, uh, five notches, five up, five down, you know, all this fucking, all the call out shit. I'm not really sure. So if you are into that, it's there. It's a free game and it's got the PS5 version, which probably looks great. Uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and look at a little snippet of the of the PS5 version. Yep, spoiler alert. <laughs> it looks good. Um, so there's that. Then you have, of course, the iconic Deep Rock Galactic, which this comes with the PS4 and the PS5 version. Let's go heed. Go, let's go heed and read the stipic. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic is a one to four player co-op FPS featuring badass space dwarves, 100% destructible environments, procedurally generated caves, and endless hordes of alien monsters. Work together as a team to dig, explore, and fight your way through a massive cave system filled with hordes of deadly enemies and valuable resources. You will need to rely on your teammates if you want to survive the most hostile cave systems in the galaxy. This game uh, is fun. It's a fun co-op experience, and especially that it's free, why not try it out? Uh, if you have like three other friends who you want to play it with, then it's a great experience. Uh, basically, you are going into caves, you are mining resources, and then as you're mining resources, big ass spiders come out. So if you have arachnophobia, I wouldn't play the game personally, but you know there might be a big ass spider that comes out and tries to kill you while you're mining with your friends. But it is funny, it is cute, it is it has some charm to it, where you guys are these like these uh, space dwarves as they call it, badass space dwarves. And you, they all have like epic beards and stuff and they're really small and you know, you can dance and you can do this emote where he's like rock and stone. And then they just like constantly say rock and stone. And it's, it's like a weird meta meme in the game. It's, it's super weird, but it becomes fun when you're with players and like you're in a cave system and you're just like in this little crevice cracking down this special malite whatever the hell and you hear like rock and stone and then you you know you see them you see your friends over there getting killed by spiders and shit it's a blast it's fun and uh obviously you know it was on game pass but now it's on playstation for free with trophies and is your boy gonna be on there yes of course i'm gonna give it a try it's gonna be fun to hop in on the ps5 version uh get that next gen goodness and hopefully there's some haptics and some tr some triggers on there that'd be kind of cool um and that's it that's it for the new games of january it's a good way to start the year i think it's a decent lineup i don't think it's obviously the best but i feel like they are these weird niche titles they're all like all three weird niche titles and i think that's a good thing these are all games that like in my opinion uh i i don't think there's one person that has all three there's like i want to play dirt five and Persona Strikers and Deep Rock Galactic. Like I, I, there, I think there's very few people who want to play all three uh, whenever they released, because um, like they're all niche. So it's interesting to see this variety coming hot into January 2022. Uh, I don't think it's the best lineup ever. Uh, it's like like I said, but I think it's worthy a decent start of a good of a new of a new year. Um, so there's that. And uh, this is a nice little thing that they published on December 30th, 2021. Shuhei Yoshida's favorite PlayStation indie games of 2021. Uh, I look back at 12 months of great experiences. I'm going to highlight a couple. Ender Lilies, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, 
Doki Doki, which is actually awesome. I, I don't think, uh, I think if you're into like narrative driven Japanese games where you're like talking to characters and relationships and stuff, you should definitely try it out. It's like a, it's a, it's kind of like a sim and it is unique in many ways. But if you look up anything on this game, uh, you might get spoiled. And there's like a big twist. There's a lot of stuff in it. And you don't want to really get it spoiled for you. That's kind of the charm of the game. Um, but if you are into like Japanese, uh, not necessarily dating sim, but just like relationship, high school sim stuff, you would probably like it in general. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't look it up. There are a lot of spoilers, obviously. And uh, Chicory, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I'm still like, this is one game I'm not for certain if like I think uh, MinMax gave it their game of the year or at least their number one on their two tens which is interesting to see because uh, I have heard this game talked about on like many different platforms and it's like a coloring book game and it's there's boss battles and weird stuff uh, and it's like an adventure I know Shuhei really liked it he was like tweeting about it um, so this little tidbit under it says, at first glance, Chicory may seem like an interactive coloring book, which is like what I just said, yet at its heart lies an engaging adventure. The story's theme, self-doubt, redemption uh, are universally relatable. So it just looks like a cute little game to play. A lot of coloring in it, apparently. And uh, I am slightly interested to try it out. I, I think I will get it eventually. Uh, I just, I, I don't know when, you know. There's a lot of other things I want to get into and I don't know how much of a priority this is for me, but uh, it did get a, it did get a game of the year at certain outlets, so it might be worth checking out. And uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. it. Just it looks like an interesting game. Ender Lily's Quietest of the Nights also looks very very interesting. This game is a side scroller. Uh, it says this beautiful yet oppressive Japanese explorative explorative hmm, weird. Uh, platform has an interesting approach to combat. Discover down knights and cleanser souls to have them fight for you while defeating certain enemies allows you to adopt their abilities for your own use. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, he also lists fists, which I, I, I know from Steven friend host of the pod. He loves it or he didn't love it. Sorry. <laughs> he played it and, uh, it didn't really sound like he was too high on it. And I watched him play it and I was like, this game looks crazy. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really worth it. Uh, obviously, Hades is on here. Kana's on here. Two amazing games. Um, Song in the Smoke is like a VR game. Jet the Far Shore. Jet the Far Shore so far. I've, I've been playing it a little bit. Uh, it's okay. It is okay. It's a little like, it's a little too simple, and I, I'm not really enjoying the the feel of flying the ship around. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to play it more, but it, it feels like a little too simple and not enough uh, depth to what you're doing. Uh, but I'm pretty early in it, so don't judge me too hard. Uh, Death's Door, an amazing, an amazing puzzle slash battle. You know, you're fighting and stuff. Um, game where you play as a crow and you're trying to open Death's Door, I believe. Um, and yeah. There's like you. It's a very unique world. This one has like a very special atmosphere to it, and uh, it's very engaging. Like leveling up your abilities and um, figuring out the puzzles is so satisfying. And actually, the boss fights are great, which is something that is kind of hard to pull off in this like 
art style and this camera angle, this game is actually very, very awesome. And I think if you have a nice little 20, drop it on that. It's made by Devolver Digital and Acid Nerve. And yeah, it's got a PS5 version. A great game. Solar Ash is another one I wanted to play. Apparently, it, they, people compare it to Pathless. I've wanted to try that out for a while, but I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Um, but it is getting praised everywhere, and it's making me FOMO like a mug. And uh, the, the fact that it's compared to Pathless at all makes me want to play it very, very bad. Because Pathless is like one of my favorite games, favorite indie games of all time, pretty much. I love that game. Um, and then they have Among Us on here, which is weird because that game came out on PlayStation 5. And it has, it's just like $5. And I bought it, and I was like... It's so weird. I, I played that game when it launched, and I played it on stream before, and I just had fun with it. But it kind of fell off. Like, the meta got too big, and I was just... Not meta, but, like, the... I'm going to say it again. The zeitgeist of that game kind of just got too big, and I fell off. I just felt like it was getting bigger than what I liked about it, and it obviously memes came up everywhere. But playing it on PS5 was actually pretty nice. It actually works very well with talking to your teammates and, uh, or not teammates, but yeah, I guess teammates, crewmates, whatever. Um, with the quick chat option, you can also type out your chat or you can just hook up a keyboard if you want. Uh, no voice thing. That was one thing I didn't like. I kind of wanted there to be like an integrated voice thing, kind of like how the scream mode worked on, uh, Call of Duty, where if you die, your mic is dead and you don't talk to anybody living. Uh, I kind of wish it would do something like that for the in-game chat, but I guess that might be relying on too many people with mics. Maybe there are people that get in those those modes without mics and it kind of ruins the experience. Maybe there's some loophole to it, but um, I was kind of hoping for something like that. But the alternative of the quick chat radio wheel stuff, it works. Uh, it gives you like all the options you need. They're like, hey, I was in here, or this person was in here, or... Uh, I think this person did it, or this guy's sus, or it's a self-report. Like they, they give you all the words you need to say. Uh, and again, like I said, you can just type it out yourself. But it's fun. It's fun being back on Among Us. I, I don't know what it is about it, but um, it's just nice to play on a TV. That might be like the experience I'm enjoying of it. Is like playing it on a TV versus like a phone or 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 a computer. It actually works very well, and I think that's what's surprising about it. And I mean, obviously, it's on a PS5, so it's like there's no issue running it it doesn't feel like laggy it just it runs smooth as hell and it works so uh not much more i can say about that but just a couple indies uh that he highlights which were his favorite of 2021 which is interesting because i know shuhei really likes the indies and i i actually like how he like kind of sheds light on it a lot for anybody who hasn't played those games so there was big news about playstation vr 2 and this is like the nitty-gritty of the episode there was a lot of information dropped on it on this on this blog here and psvr2 obviously is the the sequel the second coming of their vr headset and before obviously there are a lot of things about the previous model that were kind of dated pretty fast honestly i think the tech kind of outgrew that headset very very quickly and if you look at like what oculus is doing now they have ones that don't even like need a computer or anything or a system and uh, they have ones that have like a single cable for hooking up to a computer. Uh, and the PSVR had a unit that needed to be outside of the PS4. It needed, you know, these 
this one single plug, but like two separate outs that go into the unit, and then you have two head or two HDMI, one going to the system, one going to the TV. And it was just like a, a bunch of convoluted cables, and you know, a lot of things you got to set up. Now, with the power of the PS5, you can just apparently plug this one straight into the front, and not only that, it has a lot more about it that I think is very interesting. Let's go over some of the highlights of the PSVR2. So, uh, they say, building upon our innovations from, P- from PS5, PlayStation VR 2 adds a true next-gen experience with high-fidelity visuals, new sensory features, and enhanced tracking along with a simplified single-cord setup. Love that. Uh, visual fidelity. For a high-fidelity experience, uh, PSVR 2 offers 4K HDR, which actually, that's pretty impressive, 110-degree field of view, and foveated rendering, which I'm not sure what that is, with an OLED display, players can expect a display resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye and smooth frame rates of 90 to 120 hertz. Um, I think <clears throat> I think the other ability or the other features they're adding to this are great, but this is probably the most important. Because one like drawback of the previous set was basically with a lower with a lower frame rate, you kind of get jitter- jitteriness especially if the game is like very graphic graphically intensive uh it can kind of slow down the frames a bit at times and that is very jarring in vr it can definitely it can mess with your 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 vision it can kind of like it's just not great it's just not a great experience it is not what you want to feel in vr uh basically imagine your life at 30 frames per second it's not the best um so with frames being that high you're expecting a lot smoother movement. Even if it does dip a bit, it's not going to be anywhere near 60 frames per second even, which is still great. But the idea of it being up to 90 and 120 frames, that's going to be very helpful for just the visual aspect. And then you obviously have the 4K HDR, which is amazing. Um, that's another aspect of the old VR that I didn't like. It felt like the screen was pretty small. And it, you're obviously watching and uh, experiencing the games that you play in that on that system at a lower resolution, simply because the headset is designed with a weaker, you know, little IPS screen or something. This one is not only a 4K HDR, which HDR is really does great color correction. Then you have it as an OLED display, which may, which means that like when the Basically, when the screen goes black, the the LEDs are off. Like the, it's not actually lighting up. Uh, it only lights up when necessary to give more vibrant colors. And it doesn't like. It's actually better. It's probably better for your eyes whenever the screen goes black, because it's literally pure black instead of it being uh, a backlit LCD. Which I guess is not really that strenuous on your eyes, but still, you get the point. Uh, then you have headset-based controller tracking. With inside-out tracking, PSVR 2 tracks you and your controller through integrated cameras embedded in the VR headset. Your movements and the direction you look at are reflected in-game without the need of an external camera. Uh, this is new tech as well. This was heavy, heavily used in the Oculus Quest, which is uh, basically the idea of when you're using a headset, you need a camera to track where your head's moving, right? Uh, what oculus quest and all them did was basically integrate a bunch of cameras in the headset itself facing outward where it would track your movement that way and uh distance from certain objects that way so 
basically what it's doing is tracking your hands from those point of views. Uh, so if you punch, it'll it'll you know the cameras will pick up that your your hands moving, and it it eliminates the need for a, a actual camera. Um, but it is weird to kind of know that because like I feel like certain aspects of the previous model, uh, it's kind of cool to like whenever they if they ever utilize that aspect to like you know, reflect a camera and actually like show you on screen. I guess that's not really a big deal, but it, it was interesting if they ever did that. Um, but it's cool. It's, it's more advancements and I'll get, to, I'll get to my impressions at the end. Uh, new sensory features, PSVR two sense technology combines eye tracking headset feedback, which is like vibration in the headset or some type of feedback in the headset to like, you know, for notifications and whatnot. 3D audio uh, and more great features and innovative PSVR to sense controllers to create an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. So this is basically the sense controllers of the, you know, just like the DualSense. If you ever picked up a DualSense with the haptics and all this stuff, it's basically going to be that integrated into PSVR controllers, which is great. Uh, eye tracking with eye tracking PSVR two detects the motion of your eyes. Uh, so a simple look in a specific direction can create an additional input for the game character. This allows players to interact more intuitively in new and lifelike ways, allowing you allowing for a heightened emotional response and enhanced expression that provides a new level of realism in gaming. That is insane. I've actually never seen this in action. I don't know if it's the newest thing. I don't, I wouldn't assume it. Any of this is like the newest uh, in terms of like what the VR market is right now, but eye tracking does sound pretty impressive if they actually do implement that in a in a unique way. I I'm trying to think of like a, a game way that could you know that 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 would be beneficial. Um, with 110 degree view, you're getting a lot more screen there, so you're seeing a lot more around you. Um, so looking left and right. And focusing the view on those points instead of having the view focused only in the middle, because uh, like one thing they kind of did with the old PS VR was like, if you're looking straight, you're fine. If you kind of look to the sides too far, it'll kind of distort because it's basically a curved lens. Um, I'm not sure how this lens setup is going to work in this, but uh, would be cool to kind of see how they're going to integrate this eye tracking. That sounds pretty impressive. Uh, you can adjust the lens apparently too, according to this. Uh, there, uh, let's see if there's anything else. USB type C. Thank God. Uh, built in rechargeable batteries, man. This thing sounds amazing. Dot, dot, dot. Lee expensive. That is the one drawback and the one worry I have of this new enhancement. I feel like bringing this into the modern age of upgrading and, and making this more of a viable competitor in the VR market is going to make it astronomically big it's going to be great uh, obviously scalpers are going to get it left and right and you probably won't even be able to buy one but this coming out on a, such a, a landmark uh, you know gaming system like the ps5 somebody you know one of the most popular ones it has a lot of people trying to get it um it's, it's very well sold already i think that once this vr comes out and hopefully more consoles are available uh, it could be a nice companion piece to the PS5 that it can actually, it's, it's just awesome. Like I really liked the PSVR one. It's great. I, th I think the games on there were great for what they were. Uh, I think honestly, every time I played, it was literally the only limitation in my head. I was like, 
if this headset was a little better <laughs> and uh, the fact that they come out with this first and saying, hey, this headset is going to be not only better, but even better than better. Uh, it's it's a very nice, strong arm way to introduce the PSVR to letting you know that, hey, this thing is powerful. Uh, it's strong. It's got special features. It is doing a lot to make the ease of use and the uh, experience uh, you know, great. And I think that once this thing does come out, hopefully they do implement a lot of new games, you know, make new games for it that are actually going to be first party. Uh, first of all, they, they say there is a game called Horizon Call of the Mountain, and that is going to be the first, um, that's going to be the first VR, not the, I guess not the first, but it's going to be a VR 2 experience coming, which is based in the Horizon Forbidden West world. Uh, not not launching alongside Horizon Forbidden West, but it is going to come out whenever the VR2 is out. And man, they show a little bit of it. It looks a little framey. I'm not sure if it was just a stream or or what. Obviously, it's kind of made for this reveal. Um, it looks a little choppy, but I'm sure in the VR headset it looks nuts. Uh, so far, it looks like you're riding in something like a boat um, and you're seeing a long neck walk by. And that part looks experience, experience, uh, that part looks amazing, but I'm wondering if this experience is just going to be a riding a boat sim and going through the world and kind of looking, you know, like Pokemon snap or something. I, I wouldn't want that, but if they let you like shoot a bow and you're getting the haptics of the controller and obviously like the, the, the adaptive triggers on there and you're in VR and it's tracking your eyes really closely to like what you're, you're kind of zooming in on this experience could be like elevated to a, a, a level that we haven't experienced yet in the world of VR and the world of gaming. So I think uh, if all these elements come together nicely, uh, if they get, if they provide the software alongside this amazing hardware, then it could be, it could be a big, big deal. I know they did a good job at supporting the first one, but as long as they keep it up with this one, uh, it sounds like this is going to be a very drastic an impressive change to the landscape of VR and PlayStation. So uh, let's be on the lookout for this. Hopefully we can get pre-orders or something whenever they do come in. Uh, I'll definitely be posting videos about it if I end up getting one. But, you know, scalpers are going to scalp, so it is what it is. But I appreciate you guys being here on this beautiful Thursday. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, or no, the East Coast, I'm an idiot. If you're on the East Coast, it is snowing like crazy, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, just be safe out there on the roads. And if you're on the West Coast, enjoy the nice weather, probably. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. I'll be back tomorrow with more video game goodness. And I'll see you then. Bye, guys.